Good morning, everyone. I send you greetings from a country at literally the ends of the earth, which is New Zealand. If you look at the map, New Zealand is beside Australia and Antarctica. <laughs> That's how far it is. As a matter of fact, um, <clears throat> I got surprised there was like a raffle of uh, like, like a milk bottle raffle and the prize is a trip to Antarctica. It's like, wow, there's a prize for a trip to Antarctica. So I realized, yeah, I am in the ends of the earth. But as we were singing a while ago, that, you know, that song that we were called to reach out and go to the ends of the earth, um, you know, that really touched my heart because I never planned to go to New Zealand, but uh, my wife brought me there. <laughs> it was God who brought me there. Um, and yeah, and it was really great. You know, we were here for a reunion for our family because uh, uh, I have one sister in New Jersey. I have another sister in Chicago. And my parents are in the Philippines while we were in New Zealand. So we were all over the place, but God just fixed it all up so that we can come here and have uh, a wonderful reunion, which the last time we did that was uh, when Leigh and I actually got married and we didn't have kids yet. So it was like a reunion with um, now with all, the, with all the children and the cousins meet, meeting each other. So yeah, so we're really glad that we are here and we want to honor Pastor Insong and Tita Lynette. They have touched our lives in so many ways. Growing up, they were the ones feeding us. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, they've um, blessed us in so many ways, not only their godly counsel that they, which they gave to us, but also a lot of um, you know, the way they lived their lives and the way they encouraged us in so many ways. So um, that's why I honor Pastor Insong and uh, Tita Lynette. So, yeah, thank you. Praise God for them. So, praise God. Yes, Ceritos, congratulations. Can we just congratulate? Wow. So, um, if you know anyone from New Zealand, just let us know. Uh, New Zealand is uh, not as big of a place. The total population of New Zealand is 4 million people. That's the total population of the people in New Zealand. And uh, we have 40 million sheep. So the ratio is 1 is to 10. That is aside from the other 40 million um, cows. So there are more, there are more, more cows uh, and sheep than people. So when I go there, anyone can go there. If you want, you can be a shepherd. Okay? <laughs> shepherd of God's people or shepherd literally. <laughs> so yeah, so praise God. Um, uh, the, the church there is in Auckland, and uh, God brought us there, and we are also trying to birth uh, CCF in Wellington, which is the capital, and we are already starting a small group in Hamilton. So, you know, the movement is really a kingdom mindset. It's not about, you know, how many people will join CCF. It's about how many people can we bring to the kingdom of God. Okay? CCF is not about promoting CCF. We're here not to make CCF famous. We are here to make Jesus famous. That is the only name that we will make famous. Amen? Amen. Right? So it's not about any personality or any pastor. It is about, it's about Jesus Christ just, being, just using CCF um, to expand His kingdom. Right? So, you know, we begin this new series. As a matter of fact, this is a new series that, uh, that's been going on in, in Manila and other places. But here in... Los Angeles, you're beginning a new series um, in which God has given me the privilege to be able to share with you. Okay, so if I ask you, what is your favorite um, war movie? 
Can you tell the person beside you, what's your favorite war movie? We'll help each other. Okay, what's your favorite Mario movie? Can I hear anyone? Mario movie? Okay, I heard my favorite. Okay, so for me, my favorite movie is Saving Private Ryan. Okay, I'm biased. No, I'm just kidding. Okay? So, that's really my favorite war movie. And uh, recently, I watched uh, have you, have you heard Dunkirk. Okay, so that was really good. But the first war movie that I watched, okay, the first war movie that I watched was back in 1984, and it's called The Killing Fields. Have you heard of The Killing Fields? Okay, uh, hold on. Yeah, The Killing Fields, is it there? Okay, The Killing Fields. Okay, so do you, do you remember Killing Fields, the old people? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just joking. Okay. You know, I was still very young then, okay, and I was studying in LaSalle Green Hills, and they made our whole batch of 400 students walk from LaSalle Green Hills at least a kilometer to Meralco uh, Theater. And that was kind of hard in logistics, right? 400 students, grade school students, walking and crossing EDSA to reach Meralco. That's why it was unforgettable. Okay? But I still remember Killing Fields because the, 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 the setting there was in Cambodia. And in Cambodia, during that time, the Khmer Rouge and everything, they would plant several landmines and there will be minefields. Do you, do you recall this? Okay? In these minefields, the idea is you, will, you, you would walk into these hills and pathways and you think it is safe. However, there are landmines hidden. And when that happens, when you step on a landmine, what happens? It will explode and it will cause you pain, loss of body parts, or even death. Okay? Decades after, there are still landmines that have not been unearthed and there are, peop there are even children who will die or be, uh, you know, will, will lose body parts because they will still step on landmines that were put there 20, 30, 40 years ago. Okay? So that's the, na that's the name of our series uh, beginning today. It's called the Minefield. Okay? Minefield. Okay? There's a spiritual comparison here. Okay? We too are in a spiritual war. We walk and we think it is safe. But the enemy has put landmines all around us and he wants you to step on those landmines so that he will discourage you, he will cause you pain, not only to you but to your family. The idea here is, you know, Satan wants to destroy relationships and he wants to destroy relationships beginning with the husband and the wife, between parents and children, between churchmates as well. Because Satan is a destroyer. He is a deceiver. And that's the idea of uh, minefields. Okay? So, va today, values are compromised. There are problems with uh, relationships. There is a need to carefully unearth these landmines so that we will walk in the path that God wants us to take and to live life to the fullest. Amen? All right? In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, it says, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. See? So it says in this verse, the enemy is actually 
actively hunting. Okay? He's actively waiting for a chance to destroy your family. And you do not just wish that you will have a wonderful family for the rest of your life. You have to be intentional. You've got to set boundaries. You've got to do something about it if you want to have strong relationships with God and a strong relationship with your family and the people around you. And the verse here says you have to be alert. You have to think clearly. Okay? John chapter 8, verse 44 says, He, uh, referring to Satan, He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Father of lies, that means Satan's nature is to lie. He will try to give you false promises. And he wants you to, to, he wants you to sin and he wants you to turn away from God. He wants, you to, he wants you to question God's love for you and he wants you to doubt your love for him. Okay? And he, what he will do is he will try to make you pursue other passions so that you don't have any more time or energy or desire for Jesus himself. Okay? So the first landmine, and there's, uh, there's a lot of landmines, and the landmine that was, um, that was assigned uh, to me when I, the first landmine is wrong relationships, okay? May I just know who among you here, you're married? Just raise your hand, you're married, okay? How many of you are single? Single, single. Okay, Sing- not those who wish to be single, those who are really single, okay? All right, okay. May I know who among you here are from the youth group, the Elevate? Can I just say? Elevate, all right, wonderful. Okay, I have a heart for, for young people. Okay. In 1 Corinthians 15.33, it says, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good, okay, good character or good morals. Don't, it says you don't be misled. Don't think you can get away with it. Okay? Be, be sober-minded. Think clearly. If you have people around you okay, that are bad influences, you will be influenced as well. If I ask you, where did you learn to do wrong things? Where did you learn to cheat? School. <laughs> okay. Where, where did you learn to steal? Okay. Where did you learn to curse? See, that's why we need to cancel school. <laughs> right? Okay. Okay. Is this me? Okay. Okay, let, let's cut this in the editing. Editing. Okay, just joking. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. So, so it's, it, that's, what, that's what happens when there are influences around us. That is why when Pastor Insong talks about every family, a discipleship group, that's exactly what it is. I just, want to, I just want to add to that. I want to say there that every father a discipler. Okay? So if you're a father, your calling is not just to provide financially for your family, but also to be the spiritual leader of your family. Okay? Now here's the problem with landmines. Okay? It's subtle. It's subtle. We don't see that it will affect us greatly. We think we can handle it. Okay? We're, or we think we're old enough to be able to know what kind of relationships to pursue, okay? But the, the truth is, Satan can cause deception. He is the father of lies. So the first landmine is wrong relationships, and the way to defuse it is you pursue Jesus. When you pursue Jesus, you will have relationships that will 
that will be good influences around you and you will be a good influence to them. So that is sort of the, you know, the theme through our, throughout all this uh, minefield series. There will be a landmine that will be discussed and there will be a way to defuse it. And Pastor Insong will, will be sharing that in, in, in the future uh, messages. Okay? So, are you ready for this landmine on wrong relationships? Are we ready to unearth this? Okay, so I encourage you, pursue Jesus so you, can be, so you can avoid being influenced negatively and instead you will be able to influence people positively. Okay? So let's talk about friendships. Okay? Let's talk about friendships. Okay? Um, or maybe I should just pray one more time just so that God will guide us. Okay? So let's just pray. Heavenly Father, just be the one to override all my preparations and speak to me and through me so that everything I say is simply what you want me to say and I'm simply your instrument, O God. I humble myself before you and Lord, we pray that all of us here will have humble hearts and minds ready to change what needs to be changed and may you transform us from inside out. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. Okay, so let's start with regarding friendships. You know what? God designed us to be in a community. Okay? In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 to 25, it says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some, of our, some are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Okay? So our idea here is, yeah, as parents, you know, what I do with my kids, I set up play dates with them, you know, with other kids. We call that play dates so that they can learn to socialize. Okay? But the idea also here is we, we want to teach them to spur them to love and do good deeds. The idea of meeting together is not just for socials. Okay? For Filipinos, this is what we love. We love to meet together to eat. Okay? So yeah, so that's the idea. But the idea of this verse is you meet together so that you can encourage one another to be loving and to do good deeds. So it cannot just be social conversations because there's so many things to talk about. We can talk about politics, we can talk about the news, we can talk about sports. Okay? Who's your basketball team here? Okay. Eh? Yeah? In the NBA. Do you, do you root for Los Angeles? No. Okay. No loyalty. <laughs> eh? Well, for me, I root for Ginebra. <laughs> Still, okay. So, it's to encourage one another towards love and good leads. Conversely, are the friends you're together with, are they encouraging you to be more loving and to do more good deeds? Okay? I, you know, what I do is I talk to my daughter every day, almost every day, to my uh, eldest, my six-year-old, Zoe. Okay, either Lay or I, we will talk to her and we will we'll go down, talk to her, you know, same height, and we will ask there, so Zoe, how have you shown kindness today? Okay, that's practically every day I, I, I ask uh, our daughter, how have you shown kindness today? We are trying to instill in her the value of friendship and how she can be a blessing to the people around them. So anytime you meet someone, even in a D group, your mindset there is, you know, uh, how can I encourage the people around here towards to become more loving and to do more good deeds for the Lord, right? It's not like you go to a D group, you're thinking, what will be the food? 
Okay? Well, you know, or, or what can I learn? What can I get out from the lesson? Okay? That's a consumer mindset. But your, your mindset is a contributor mindset. You're thinking, how can I be a blessing to the people in our D group when we meet up? So even on Sundays. Okay? So God designed us to be in a community. The truth is, true friends are there in good times and in bad. Right? That is when you will find out who your true friends are in good times and in bad. In Proverbs chapter 17, 17, it says, A friend loves at all times. A brother is born for a time of adversity. You are, friends, you are a friend to people not only in their happy times, but also on their sad times. That's a good test of friendship. Okay? When you're happy, they're there. But when you're, go, when you're feeling down, are you, there to, are you there as well? So be that kind of true friend. Another is true friends are able to give and receive rebuke. Proverbs 15.31 says, Whoever heeds life-giving correction will be at home among the wise. If there is friendship, but you're only talking about, you know, the weather, the facts, and things like that, it might not be a strong friendship, even if you are together a long time. True friendships are able to talk to one another and rebuke one another in love so that they will be corrected and be directed towards the Lord. I ask you, are you accountable to someone? If you're not accountable to someone, then maybe you need to find someone that you are accountable to because those will be your true friends, someone who, who can tell you your blind spots. And Proverbs 28, 23 says, whoever rebukes a person will be in the end, will in the end gain favor rather than one who has a flattering so they give rebuke in love. Okay? Another characteristic of true friends is true friends help each other become better. Proverbs 27:17. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. So the idea here is when you meet up, you talk about how are you in your character. Okay? How have you shown kindness or how have you shown Christ-likeness in your office or in your school? That's the idea. You're helping one another grow. Now, that's not only, you know, in our D12 in, the, in, in New Zealand, what we recently did last year was not only were, were we checking on each other's character, but we were also checking on each other's physical health. Okay, do you do that? Okay, have you asked each other, oh, how much lechon did you eat today? Okay, <laughs> no, okay. So what we did was, middle of last year, we started... We all bet. We all bought a a smartwatch that can count the steps, or you know, a pedometer, so that we can count the steps, as, so that we will like like be accountable in terms of exercise. Now the others cheated. Okay, what they would do is they would do like that to the pedometer. Okay, I was I was planning to put it, uh, you know, at the tail of the dog, you know, so that the whole thing. One, one, one was said uh, the, the way they're going to cheat was they're going to put it in the washing machine. Okay. <laughs> okay, what's this? Okay, so the idea, is, the idea is you just want to be accountable and to help each other grow in the Lord. Okay, so I encourage you, let, make sure that there are true friendships within this spiritual family. That is why we are encouraging everyone to be part of a discipleship group. Because on a Sunday service, that's great. You hear the preacher speak, 
Okay, but it is in a discipleship group where you talk to each other, you interact, you love one another, you encourage one another to do good deeds, and you apply the message amongst each other. That's the idea. That's why we encourage everyone to be part of a D group. Okay, so yeah, so God designed us to be in a community. Now, here's the thing Satan's landmine is for us to pursue wrong relationships. Okay, that is his landmine. Again, it says in 1 Corinthians 15.33, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Come back to your senses as you ought and stop sinning. For there are some who are ignorant of God. I say this to your shame. Okay? It says, do not be misled. Don't think that you can get away with it. When people are around you, you will be influenced. So I still remember when I was uh, first year college, okay, I was riding with someone. Um, going back to going back home, so I would take a hitch. But this this guy would always curse. The driver would always curse. Okay, so when I started driving, really the first few months, I heard myself cursing, which was not really me. Okay, because I was a young Christian that time, but I was I sur I got surprised that the that curse words came back to my mouth because I was influenced by this guy. Okay, so here's the thing. You can have many friends, but you choose close friends. Okay? Have many friends, but you choose close friends, and you pursue Jesus so that you will not be negatively influenced. Okay? I encourage you, make sure you have time for the family, because sometimes we ha we're here, we think, oh, let's just, uh, you know, we're here to work, and, you know, our children are grown up, and they can do their own thing. But I encourage you, make sure you have that time with the family. That's why you have that devotional time with the family. I'm, it's so great. I want to copy that, you know, have that, uh, that card to write down and find out how many people or when are your schedules for your discipleship time with your family. Okay? So I encourage you, pursue Jesus. Can you tell that to the person beside you? Pursue Jesus. You see, when you pursue Jesus, here's the thing. When your vertical relationship with God is good, your horizontal relationships with other people will follow. That is why we encourage you, make sure your, your vertical relationship with God is fixed so that your relationship with others will be better. The more you are in love with God, the more you are filled and the more you can pass on the love to the people around you. So you pursue Jesus. Let Him be your model. Okay? You live life to the fullest. When you model, when he's your model, let him be your security because his opinion is more important than any other people's opinion. Therefore, you'll be less affected when peer pressure, uh, peer pressure tells you otherwise. And he is your completeness. You realize you can be content. You don't need anything else except Jesus. Okay? So, you won't search for anything or anyone else. Now, some people think that marriage is what will make people complete and happy okay married people is marriage what's gonna make you happy okay 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 we need to have a marriage counseling seminar okay okay that i'm telling you marriage is wonderful it is a gift of god but it is not what will make you happy it is jesus that brings you completeness if you are searching for completeness elsewhere other than jesus you will eventually be disappointed See, in single, some people think singleness is a stage, okay? Those of you who are single, you think it's a stage. But you know what? That is, that is something that is a gift from God. God can use your singleness, okay? And I'll share with that to you 
uh, later on. In 1 Corinthians 7, verse 77, verse 7 to 8 says, I wish that all of you, Paul, were as I am, but each of you has your own gift from God. One has this gift, another has that. Now to the unmarried and the widows I say, it is good for them to stay unmarried as I do. Okay? So being single is a gift. It is not a curse. Okay? Okay? You know, some people think it's a, it's a curse. Okay? The Apostle Paul was probably single all his life. Jesus was single. Okay? John the Baptist was single. But these people did so many great things for the Lord. Okay? There are many advantages of being single. You have more time for God, more time to serve God, and more time to do things and go places. Right? So maximize your singleness. So I still remember um, I married um, mid-30s mid okay, and my wife early 30s. But we maximized our singleness. Because I was single, I was able to do a lot in the youth ministry. I was able to vis go to mission trips. So I was able to go to mission trips from, uh, to Isabela, to Cebu, Romblon, um, Cagayan de Oro, Davao, because I was single that time. Okay? For my wife, because she was single, I think six, six nights a week after work, she was in CCF. Okay? Doing different ministries. She would do Next Gen Sunday School, the Singles Ministry, Glorious Hope Ministry, aside from discipleship groups. Okay? So there would have been a lot of activities that we would not be able to do if we were married at that time. So Satan will try to make you think that, okay, if I'm single, I'm just going to wait. I'm just going to wait. Okay? And then I'll start serving God when I'm married. No. You maximize your singleness today and you enjoy it. There are things today that you can enjoy and uh, later on, you will not be able to enjoy. And John, John Piper said that if you are single, you exploit your singleness to the full in devotion to God, okay? The way Jesus and Paul did and not be paralyzed by the desire to be married, okay? So maximize your singleness, okay? So, um, but here's the thing. Being married is also a gift, all right? Do you understand? Being married is also a gift, okay? Don't get me wrong. Leigh and I were able to serve more together as a team because we are married. And later on, God's plan for us was to start CCF in New Zealand. So she would, there were times that I would be down and she would encourage me. There are times that she is down and I would encourage her, okay? So I encourage you, maximize your singleness, okay? Don't manipulate, okay? In Songs of Solomon, it says, Promise me, O women of Israel, Oh, Jerusalem, by the gazelles and wild deer, not to awaken love until the time is right. Okay, so don't, don't manipulate. God will give us, God will give you the proper time if you're willing to wait for it. Okay, now, here's the thing. When it comes to relationships, there's this, there's this thing about courtship, okay? There's this thing about courtship. And the thing is, with courtship, there's no real courtship in the Bible, right? Is there? Okay, sometimes, you know, they just, they just pair it up. But there are principles in the Bible that can help you learn about courtship. Now, just so that there is a, uh, what do you call this? Just so that we have a working definition of courtship, okay? Courtship is defined as the act of seeking the love of someone with intent to marry. 
And that's different from the word dating. Because in dating, you know, you have one-on-one -on -one dates with someone without really having any kind of long-term plan. You're not really ready to commit and you're not really led by the Lord. Okay? It might lead to, you might just lead each other on. Okay? So the idea here is, what is, what is courtship? Well, there's no real courtship in the Bible, but I believe there are some principles that you can learn from the Bible so that you will be able to help one another. Now, why are we teaching this to, a, to the whole church okay? when maybe courtship is for singles mostly? Well, it's because we want the whole church to be involved, right? We want you to pray for the singles here so that the singles, we make the right decisions and they will live pure lives, right? Do we, we want to live a life, we want to have a church that is pure and living a pure life for the Lord, okay? So let's look at these, these verses on uh, courtship. Okay, now Genesis 24 verse 1 says, Abraham was now very old, and the Lord has blessed him in every way. He said to the senior servant in his household, the one in charge of all that he had, put your hand under my thigh. Okay, so first is you involve your community. Now the idea here of putting your hand under thigh, there's nothing malicious about that. It's like uh, during that time, it's like you're swearing, okay, or you're making a promise or a vow and a commitment related to the descendants after this person. So he's making this commitment. So involve the community. Get people you trust involved. Okay? Don't, when, when you're courting someone, you get your parents involved. Okay? For the singles, have you asked your parents for advice? Okay? You ask your parents for advice. Okay? Because sometimes when emotions are already there, okay, you're not thinking right anymore. Okay? Or when age is like reaching a certain age, you're thinking, no. <laughs> That will be the last train, okay? This is it. It's now or never. As long as he has an eye, an eye, two eyes, one nose, and one mouth, that will meet my standards, okay? So you have to, you know, you have to have this mindset, okay? When your emotions are involved, you're not thinking right, okay? That's why we encourage you. When you are emotionally high or emotionally low, you do not make long-term decisions, okay? You have to settle down and have a sober mind. Okay? So here, involve the community because we want the family to involve. And for, we know that you as parents, you are concerned for your children. You know, I, we know people who are, whose, whose children are just below five years old. The parents are already praying for their future spouse. Yeah, so I encourage that. Okay? So for me, I'm praying already for my children. I'll I'm telling them, okay, uh, people can court you at age 40. Okay, so I, I'm putting that into their mind now. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm just joking, right? Okay, so anyway. And we want you guys to, we want everyone to make proper counsel. Okay, don't just say, if you like her, go ahead. Okay, that's not, just, that's not right counsel. Okay? So for me, I praise God. Uh, um... When I would have different kinds of uh, issues or concerns or confusion in my life, I go to certain pastors during that time to get counsel. Okay? When it comes to ministry, I, I go to Pastor Insong a lot, especially when it comes to how to organize the worship service, etc. But I would get counsel for my love life. I would get counsel from a specific pastor because I was close to him. So his name is Pastor J.P. Masakayan. So I would get counsel from him. And he would, so he knows my love life story, all right? 
Now, what's interesting is, Lay became very close to the wife of Pastor JP. Okay? So, they set it up. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, I had no choice. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> okay? So, I still remember, you know, I get counsel, and, uh, and then Pastor JP, just once, he said, uh, Ryan, have, 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 don't you see anyone in CCF? Okay? <laughs> you know, there were 4,000 4, single women in CCF. And I told him, no, okay? <laughs> I'm single, okay? and I'm happy. I was very satisfied during that time. Okay? And then I just simply asked him, why? Do you, have you thought, is there anyone that you think is uh, good for me? And he said, yes. <laughs> okay, so, what? Okay. And I said, okay, okay, uh, who's this? And he was whispering it because there was another person in the room. So he's whispering, like, what? And then when I found out the name and, she's, and Pastor JP said, Lay, I said, but she's already leaving for New Zealand, okay? And, uh, and she was leaving in two weeks, okay? And I said, no, I, I, Pastor JP, I don't like that. As a matter of fact, I don't like LDR. Do you know what's LDR? Okay. <laughs> I am not, I don't like LDR, long-distance relationship. Why will I pursue someone long-distance when there are 4,000 to 5,000 single ladies in CCF? Right? Okay? But you know what? God in His, God in his uh, infinite wisdom, what He did was, he, he kept postponing the flight of Lay to New Zealand. I don't know if it was God or if it was Lay postponing. I don't know. I haven't asked her. Okay? So it got postponed. So every time it got postponed, okay, uh, we would get to talk to one another. And I saw the, the heart of Lay for the, for the Lord. Okay? So I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay? But the next is <laughs> set standards and convictions. Okay? It says set standards and convictions. In verse 3 to 4, it says, I want you to swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of earth, that you will not get a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I am living, but will go to my country and my own relatives and get a wife for my son Isaac. So uh, um, Abraham is saying, no, we want, to, we want people who follow the Lord and is part of our family who believe in the one true God. So you set standards. Okay? Don't just get anyone. Okay? That's the idea. Sometimes you just get anyone that uh, shows interest on you. But you need to set standards. So for me, I came up with three categories of standards. Okay? So okay, take down notes, singles. Okay? <laughs> First category, what are my non-negotiables? Okay? Uh, for example, my non-negotiables that I must truly loves the Lord, committed, a committed follower of Christ, supports and supports the ministry that I'm in. That's a non-negotiable. That person needs to support the ministry because it's a tough ministry. Uh, not too many people understand what a pastor goes through. Okay, that's why we encourage you, please pray for your pastors. Please pray for Pastor Insong and Tita Lynette and their family. Okay, so what are the non-negotiables? Second is, what are my highly preferred? Highly preferred, attractive. <laughs> I'm the first boyfriend. That's my highly preferred, okay? Uh, totally uh, uh, pure. That's my, my highly preferred. And the third category is preferred. Like, likes to play sports with me. Okay? Something like that. So make a list. Now, don't make the list so long that the person never existed. 
Because sometimes we come up with this list that, you know, so ideal that the person doesn't exist. Okay? But parents, that is where you come in. You need to encourage your children and even come up with that list together with your children and pray for your children because this will affect your children's lives. If you are concerned by, with your children's education, if you're concerned by, uh, with your children's future, then you should be concerned about who will they marry, right? It's not that you will decide who they will marry, but you need to give them the priorities and the standards and you guide them, okay? So verse 10, continue. Then the servant left, taking with him 10 of his master's camels loaded with all kinds of good things from his master. He set out for Aram Naharaim and made his way to the town of Nahar. So here, number three is you actually prepare yourself, okay? You prepare yourself. You prepare yourself. You need to be emotionally stable to be able to be, part, to be in a marriage. Am I correct? Okay. If those who are married, you need to under, we need to be emotionally stable. If you know, one little thing your, your husband or your wife does and you, you have an emotional outburst, that will be a very difficult marriage. So you have to be emotionally stable. Okay? You have some, need to some, have some sort of financial stability as well. Not to the same financial stability as your parents, but at very least your, your income coming in. Okay? So that's the idea. And then you prepare yourself also with your character. And I realized when I counsel a lot of married people, a lot of issues are, are with communication and with anger management problems. Okay? So if that is you, maybe God is speaking to you. You want to fix your marriage? Fix your anger problem. Okay? Because sometimes there is just a minor miscommunication and people raise their voices already. And you know what? The communication is broken when voices are raised. Yes, you might win the argument, but you are breaking down the relationship. Okay? So that's the idea. You prepare yourself emotionally, can be financially, but most importantly, you prepare your character. Okay? Now, next. Um, yeah, he had the camels, verse 11, he had the camels kneel down near the well outside the town. It was towards the evening, and time women go out to draw water. So this was the servant, right? Going on his journey, looking and praying for who that person will be for Isaac. So he went to the well. That is because that is where the women go to draw water. Okay? In verse 13, he says, Then, oh, sorry, go back. So be in the right place. Okay? If you, are, if you go to drinking parties all the time, who are you going to meet there? People who love to drink, right? So you have to be in places where, where uh, you, you believe will, will, will be places where godly character. Uh, will be seen. If you want to increase chances, uh, if, if you want to increase your chances of meeting people who are in love with God, where will you go? You go to CCF Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah? Okay. So for me, okay, I was single that time, Leo was single that time, so just to continue a little bit. So I would go to Dawn Watch. You know, I don't, I'm not sure if everyone understands what Dawn Watch is. Every Tuesday, we go to CCF at 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. for prayer. And for a time, there were 700 to 800 people going there. And then after that, some people will have breakfast, then go to their offices. Okay? So I would do that uh, every Tuesday. And they would do that every Tuesday. And what would happen is that after every dawn watch, it miraculously, we would cross paths. Okay? Now, I don't want to cross paths, right? So I would turn around this way. And then the lady is there also. <laughs> okay. And then we would, 
you know, I would have breakfast. I would have breakfast, for example, in Chow King or Jollibee, okay? And Lay would also be there, okay? So, so that, that's when these conversations began. And I would find out, uh, and that's where I found out how she loved the Lord, okay? So to continue, verse 13. Then he prayed, Lord God, Lord God of my master Abraham, make me successful today and show kindness to my master Abraham. So next is you pray. And as a church, you pray that all the singles in this church and all the elevate people in this church will make the right decision. Because this is about the future of this church, about the future church plans that you're going to do. Okay? When you start a church or when you plant a D group, it's not just the husband that has to have the calling. It also has to have the calling of the wife. Because the wife not only supports the husband, she needs to be totally engaged in the ministry so that they can counsel and work the ministry together. So we have to pray. Okay. In verse 13, See, I am standing beside this spring, and the daughters of the townspeople are coming out to draw water. May it be that when I say to a young woman, please let your jar that I have, that I may have a drink. And she says, drink and I'll water your camels too. Let her be the one whom you have chosen for your servant Isaac. By this, I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. So here, Eleazar, the servant, was looking for character, someone who will show him kindness. Now, you have to understand Okay, how much water do you drink per day? How much water do you drink per day? Yeah? Okay. They say eight glasses, I don't know. But uh, or some, some people, they drink more soft drinks than water. Okay. But watering camels isn't easy. Why? Okay, one camel drinks about 100 liters of water. That's a lot of water. And if you are to water 10 camels, you multiply that by 10. And you have to imagine how, all this, how this woman will have to carry all this water to, to make the camels drink. So this person was looking for extraordinary kindness. Eliezer was looking for extraordinary character to be uh, the husband of Isaac. So, oh sorry, the wife of Isaac. Okay. Now beware of the following, okay? Beware of the following character, character traits. So I'll just go through this. If you want to get my PowerPoint slides, uh, I'll send it. Uh, Pastor Insong has it. So spiritually incompatible. If you're spiritually incompatible, you worship the, a different God, that's not going to work out. Okay? It's, more not, it's not just a command by God. In the terms of practicality, it's really very difficult. Then if you see a self-centered person, they, they always talk, want to talk about themselves. I still remember uh, someone, uh, well, a girl telling me that there's this guy who's courting her and he kept, it's like his, every time they meet, this guy would always explain to him what his resume is. You know, this is what I did. This is, this is my accomplishment. It's not really nice, right? Okay, talking about himself all the time. Now, you also check the anger issues. If that person is always angry with life. Have you, heard of, have you seen people who's angry? Hey, huh? It's too sunny. Huh? It's rainy. Huh? It's too cloudy. <laughs> so anger all the, angry all the time. Pessimist. Okay? Another is, are there any addictions in this person's life? Okay? Alcohol, drugs, gambling. Another is, you check, 
they blame others and they don't re take responsibility all the time? Okay? Are they deceptive even with small lies? Okay? Are they possessive? Because that might mean there are security issues. Are they materialistic? Okay? So these are some that are character traits. Now, if you look at it as well, maybe some of these are in your life as well that God wants you to fix so that your relationship will be more vibrant and strong. Okay? Some good character traits, loves God, loves others, humble, okay? joyful and complete, and most importantly, attends the Minefield series and applies the messages. Okay? okay? <laughs> so if they have these characteristics, you're on your way. <laughs> okay. Verse 19. After she had given him a drink, she said, I'll draw water for your camels too until they have enough to drink. Wow, 100 liters times 10. So she quickly emptied her jar into the trough, uh, trough, ran back to the well to draw more water, and drew enough for all his camels. Without saying a word, the man watched her closely to learn whether or not the Lord had made his journey successful. So then I hear it's, you observe, okay? You know what, singles? I encourage you, if you're interested with, a with another person, you don't really watch how they deal with you because sometimes it's their best foot forward, okay? But you, you, you look how they deal with their parents, okay? If they deal kindly with their parents, they will deal kindly with you most probably. Look also how they deal with their siblings and look how they deal in tough, with tough circumstances because that is where true character will be seen okay and i encourage you just do, don't just look at their facebook page okay why because facebook face, the facebook page those are just highlights okay of their life but you have to see how do they deal with their parents do they show kindness and respect do they honor their parents with their words do they honor the rules and the boundaries of their parents? If you see that in them, that's a sign of good character. Okay? Verse 49, Now if you will show kindness and faithfulness to my master, tell me. And if not, tell me so that I may know which way to turn. So Eliezer was now talking to uh, this woman. So be straightforward. Don't play games. Okay? So Eliezer met with the parents and told them the intentions. So we call this DTR, define the relationship. Okay? Some people, you, you meet up with them and you know, you're not defining the relationship and the woman, the lady is confused. What is this? Why is this person showing me all this attention? You know? So you have to be straightforward and play games. Don't play games. Okay? Verse 50, Laban and Bethuel answered, parents, this this is from the Lord. We can say nothing to you one way or the other. Here is Rebecca. Take her and go and let her become the wife of your master's son as the Lord has directed. So, we encourage you, let there be parental consent. Okay? Get the advice of your parents and get their consent when it comes to courtship and marriage. Okay? Verse 57. And they said, we, we will call the girl and consult her wishes. Then they called Rebecca and said to her, Will you go with this man? And she said, I will go. So lastly, make sure you get the consent of the future spouse. Okay? 
I mean, if all of this happens and then the girl still says no, <laughs> what's all this, right? So make sure you get their, their consent, okay? Listen to the proposal for the women. Listen to the proposal and then make a decision. You know what? Sometimes people just look at the financial stability of a person. You look at the, the, the character stability of a person. Okay, that's the idea. So, so I just want to, I, I'm going to ask my wife, Lay, to share a little bit of her story of how God transformed her life, how, how God used her, and, you know, part of um, also our love story. Okay. Good morning, everyone. Yeah, I just want to share a bit of my story. And um, yeah, so I went through major emotional heartbreaks even while I was growing up. My parents' separation when I was still young caused major hang-ups in my life. I longed for my family's love and the feeling of being wanted and cared for. I struggled with insecurities and emptiness, but on the surface, I projected a persona of joy. I learned to channel my pain and insecurities in other relationships. In college, I became seriously involved with a man who gave me the attention and affection I had been longing for. When that relationship ended after more than four years, I got so devastated that friends and family thought I was going to kill myself. I then realized that my source of love and affection was very superficial and temporary. I had already been worshiping at CCF for eight years, but I never really understood God's love. Church was more of an obligation to me, and I was still living a very worldly life. It was that first night of the Singles Retreat in 1999 that the good news about Jesus Christ was shared, and I surrendered my life completely to Jesus. I realized that despite what I've been through and what I have done to myself, God loves me unconditionally. It was as if God was telling me, enough lay, I will take it from here. I know what's best for you and have great plans for you more than you can ever imagine. Just allow me to work in your life. 2 Corinthians 5.17 became very real to me. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature. The old is gone. Behold, new things have come. As I understood how much God has forgiven me, I learned to forgive my parents and began to see them from the eyes of God. God can change my parents just as he changed me, and God loves my parents just as he loves me. I immediately began praying for the salvation of my parents and also for their reconciliation. Because nothing is impossible with God, my parents have come into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And in 2006, my parents reconciled and have put their bitter past behind them. Yeah. Praise God. <laughs> Acts 20:24 20, has become my life verse. But I consider my life worth nothing to me unless I use it for doing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others about God's wonderful kindness and love. Since then, my eight years of being single without a boyfriend was solely focused on knowing and serving Jesus more. I became so passionate in sharing the gospel to people from different walks of life. I was able to serve in Sunday school, singles ministry, and also in Glorious Hope, wherein it includes ministering to children from dysfunctional families. As to my God's best, 
I've told God to be the one to write my love story this time. I'm complete, I completely surrendered to Him, waiting on His will, His way, and His timing. And in 2007, God used my job to bring me to New Zealand. There, I continued serving Him, this time in ministering to youth of different cultures. Little did I know, God saw the bigger picture, and He was using me as an instrument to prepare the way for a lifetime of ministry with Ryan. I met Ryan just a month before I left for New Zealand. It was a long distance getting to know courtship until our marriage in 2009. Our marriage is a union written by God for his purpose. God called both of us to start CCF New Zealand. Our partnership allowed us to counsel people, share the gospel, make disciples in that part of the world. God indeed used the pain of my past, the waiting period to prepare me for ministry. Truly, God will not waste a hurt, but instead can turn it for good if you let him. All glory, honor, and praise to God, who is indeed alive and who restores broken hearts. To Jesus, the lover of my soul. You know, sometimes people ask, um, does God still do miracles today? Why don't I see the Red Sea parting and things like that? But today, yes, God still does miracles. And the miracle is changed lives, transformed lives. And when I see the transformation in Lay's life and in their family's life, it's like, wow, God is alive. God is true. God is really. His power in the past is the same power that is alive today that can transform anyone's life. So we encourage you, you pursue Jesus so that you will be able to avoid unnecessary pain. There are some pain in this life that is necessary, correct? And that necessary pain is for you to grow in character, not to destroy you. But there are some pain that is unnecessary. It is because you are, you are the one making those uh, wrong choices. So I encourage you, allow God to work in your life. Pursue God. In Psalm 37, verse 4, it says, Take delight in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. I am not the one promising this. This is God promising this. Take delight in the Lord. When you say delight, it's, it's more than just being satisfied. Satisfied is like meeting standard, meeting your minimum standard, right? Like uh, customer satisfaction. But when you say customer delight, it's more than just satisfaction. You're totally delighted. So you delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. And you will, when you delight in the Lord, you will not ask for crazy things because you are more, you're, more think, you're thinking more of what will, go, what will honor God. So take delight in the Lord. That is my encouragement to you. To you. Okay? You know, when it comes to getting married, getting, uh, being single, okay, I, I made this quote up. It says, you're not ready to be married for the rest of your life if you're not ready to be single for the rest of your life. Okay? And my, my idea there is you need to feel totally secure, totally complete in the Lord because that is He is your source of your completeness and your source of love. And God just gives you a bonus. Okay? For me and Lay, God really allowed me to have my wife there so that we can start a ministry in New Zealand. And 
please, I ask you, anytime you think of New Zealand or you see Lord of the Rings, you know, please pray for us. Okay? And anytime you, you know, we're inviting you. We're inviting you to come to New Zealand. Just pay for your ticket. Okay? <laughs> I'm just joking, but we, we would love to see, we would love to see you there. Okay? In John chapter 15, verse 13, it says, Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. If you are looking for love, you'd have, you can stop looking already today because God is showing you a love. Okay? Now, if someone goes to you, ladies, where are the single ladies? Just raise your hand. Raise your hand. Single ladies. Single ladies. All the single ladies. All the single ladies. Raise your hand. Okay? All the single ladies. Okay? Where are you? Where does it, I encourage you, okay? Single ladies. If, if someone, if a guy goes to you and tells you, I will give you the stars. I will sing for you. Okay? I will give my life for you. I am willing to die for you. Okay? When, when that person, when that guy gives you that life, I'm willing to die for you. Can you please tell that guy, well, you know what? Someone has already died for me. And that's Jesus Christ. Okay? Okay? So, you know, you pursue Jesus and you will minimize and you will eliminate unnecessary pain. There are some pain you have to go through, but there is some pain it's totally unnecessary. And if you pursue Jesus, you will live life to the fullest. And I'm not talking just for the singles and to, the, to elevate, but to everyone in this room. You pursue Jesus and you will not regret it. You will not regret it. For me, I didn't know what God had in store for me in New Zealand. All I knew was God was calling me there. Okay? And God did not tell me that I will start CCF New Zealand there. He hid it from me. <laughs> Maybe because I wasn't ready yet. And when God brought me there, I just said, Lord, I know you want me here. Use me at, the end, at this country which is at the ends of the earth. God has a purpose why he brought you here. Okay? And it is not for yourself. It is for the Lord. So while you are still breathing, that means God still has a person, uh, God still has a purpose for you. Can you look at the person beside you? Are they still breathing? Are they? Some look dead. <laughs> I'm just joking. But as long as you are still breathing, God has a purpose for you. Okay? And that is to preach Christ and to teach Christ-likeness. Okay? Christ and Christ-likeness. Preach Christ, teach Christ-likeness. So I encourage you, this, this Minefield series is awesome. We've seen a lot of transformed lives, and this is just the first one. So I encourage you, you know, share this. Discuss this with your family during the week. Come back next week for the next landmine and learn so much so that we can solidify families. I'm encouraging you, the family today is under attack, but it doesn't have to end in failure. We know we can be victorious. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, I will close in prayer, but let me just read one final verse. In Romans chapter 5, verse 8, But God demonstrates His own love towards us, that while we were still sinners, 
Christ died for us. God is saying here, I love you so much that I want to be with you forever in heaven. And I want to begin working your life today. For some of you, today might be the day where you can say, Okay, Lord, I completely surrender my life to you, the lover of my soul. And if you do that, you will never be disappointed. So I will pray and close with two prayers. What, the first prayer, a prayer of you committing your life to Christ and surrendering your life to Him. And the second prayer is a prayer to really overcome this landmine of pursuing wrong relationships. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, O God. When we come before you, O Lord, thank you, Lord, that you have brought us here to learn about this landmine of wrong relationships. But today, perhaps for some of us here, this is the day where we desire and we dedicate our lives to you and we say, yes, Lord, I will pursue Jesus. If that is you, then that is a personal decision and it should not be affected by the person beside you or around you. This is your decision to pursue Jesus and surrender your life to him. If that is you, then you will fully understand what it means that God demonstrates his own love towards you, that while you were still a sinner, Christ died for you. If that is you, you want to truly surrender your life to Christ, pray this prayer with me. Dear God, thank you for this day. I admit that I am a sinner. I admit that I have fallen short and I have sinned against you. But today I believe that Jesus Christ died for all my sins. I believe that Jesus Christ went to the cross, shed his blood so that my sins will be washed away. And today, I completely commit my life to you. I open my heart and I surrender my life to you. Be my Savior and Lord. Make me into the kind of person you want me to be. And Lord, Father God, I pray for CCF Los Angeles, O oh God. I pray, Lord Jesus, that everyone here will pursue you, that every day they will wake up desiring to open your word, to read the Bible, to meditate on your word, to be in places where your word is being taught, to be in a family discipleship group, and to be in a D group, and to, to go to Sunday services, to hear your word. We pray, Father, Lord Jesus, that we will have a desire to pursue you so that we will become more like Jesus day by day and we can avoid unnecessary pain. Father God, you brought us here for a purpose, and we pray that wherever we may be, we can preach Christ-likeness, and we can teach and model Christ-likeness. So thank you, Father God. To you be all the glory, honor, and praise. For we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God be the glory. We have the opportunity to celebrate uh, the Lord's uh, table or the Lord's supper with us. The Lord's uh, supper is one of two institutions that the Lord Jesus Christ entrusted to us that we should observe until He returns. The first one of them is the Lord's table or the Lord's supper. The other one is baptism. So we have that opportunity to do that today. We don't do it every Sunday, lest it become uh, like robotics that we just do it as, 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 and becomes a ritual. But we do it here 
uh, once a month. So what is the biblical basis of what uh, we're going to do this morning? Matthew 26, the time before Jesus uh, was betrayed and eventually crucified, he said this, While they were eating, Jesus took some bread, and after a blessing, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. In verse 27, and again, he had taken the cup and given thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. But I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now until the day when I drink it with new with you in my Father's kingdom. Now, the Lord Jesus Christ instituted it for us. He tells us that we are supposed to proclaim it and commemorate it. But there is a warning. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 26, For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. So what do we do? But a man must examine himself, and in so doing, he is to eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks, drinks judgment to himself, if he does not judge the body rightly. For this reason, many among you are weak and sick, and a number sleep. The Bible tells us to examine ourselves. The Bible does not tell us to examine the person beside us. That examination is between you and the Lord. So what should you examine yourself about? Number one, if the Bible says that when we partake, we are to proclaim the Lord's death until He comes, it simply means that you must believe who Jesus Christ is. That Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That he came and became a human being to take your sin and mine so he could die on the cross for the forgiveness of your sins. It means that you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. For how can you proclaim what you do not have? Second, it means that you are willing by the grace of God and the power of his Holy Spirit not to play around with sin, that you are not harboring sin, that you are not cherishing sin. For the psalmist says, if words of worship were on my mouth, but I cherish sin in my heart, the Lord would have not heard. It is a very serious matter for he who eats and drinks, drinks judgment to himself. And in the time of Paul, in verse 34, this reason, many among you are weak, are sick, and that last line, have fallen asleep, means some of them actually died. So it is not something to be taken lightly. It is something that you should consider between you and the Lord. The Bible does not teach that the elements of juice and the piece of bread literally become the body and blood of Jesus Christ. They are merely elements 
that remind us that the body of Jesus Christ was the instrument, the vessel wherein your sin and my sin were taken to the cross. The juice is just an instrument. The juice is just an element, a representation of the body, of the blood of Jesus Christ. Because for without the shedding of blood, there can be no forgiveness of sin. My friend, if you are here this morning, as I ask our brother E to play some music, as if you are here this morning and you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and you are willing to turn away from all known and unknown sin, then please partake. What we do here is we have the elements here in front. You come up. Our ushers will hold them up for you. You take a cup of juice. You take a piece of bread, you return to your seat, and we will partake together. For the rest of you seated, while the others are coming here to get the elements, please continue to be in an attitude of prayer. Come and partake of the Lord's table this morning. While they were eating... Jesus took some bread and after a blessing, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. Lord Jesus, as we look upon this piece of bread which represents your battered body, we are reminded this morning that you yourself took all of our sins upon the, your body on that tree where you died for us. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for taking of all, of all of our sin with you on that tree. We bless your holy name this morning. Let us partake of the bread. And when he had taken a cup and given thanks... He gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my body of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Lord Jesus, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness for our sins. Our blood is not worthy, Lord God, because of the sins that we have committed against you. Yours alone, O Lord, is the unblemished and perfect sacrifice for our sins. And now, because of those of us who have placed our trust and faith in you, that when God the Father looks at each and every one of us and the sins that we have committed, He sees your shed blood spread abroad and covers us from the holiness of God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your willingness to shed your blood, for the forgiveness of our sins and the salvation of our souls. God, we pray that every time and all the time that we are tempted, we will be reminded that the cross, your battered body, 
and your blood being poured out for the remissions of our sins. We give you thanks, Lord Jesus, and we remember you today. Let's partake of the juice. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for blessing us today. First and foremost, with your presence. For all the things that you're doing in our midst. For allowing us to birth CCF Cerritos. For allowing Pastor Ryan and his family to be here. To honor you and deliver your word to us. Father, thank you that we have you on our side. You who are always faithful, even we are many times faithless. Father, thank you that you are the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And that you promised that whoever has placed their trust in you, you said, never will I leave you. Never ever will I forsake you. We thank you. We praise you. We worship you today. And everyone said, Amen and amen.